welcome to the much delayed episode number nine of the I guess that's why they call it the Elton John podcast podcast. Today's episode is going to be a tribute to Elton John's first musical mentor, his mum Sheila. She passed away sadly at the beginning of December. She got into her 90s which is not bad by anyone's standards. She's had an interesting life as well. She was always there with Elton, especially in the early days. She saw him play pub piano at the Northwood Hills. In fact, she said this about this. She said, I'd sit at the public bar and I hated it, but I had to go because Elton was frightened to go there on his own in case of trouble. She paid for his piano lessons. She was at the Corvettes gigs. She went to Bluesology gigs. She'd have seen him live in 1968. Uh, she would have seen him at the Marquee. She was his housekeeper in the 70s. She went to that dramatic pool party before the Dodger Stadium gig. She went to Moscow in 1979. I think she's been with him to Buckingham Palace. She's been everywhere. You name it, she's done it. Elton, of course, is still out there on the road. And he didn't get to be by her side towards the end. Of course, as we know, it's quite complicated. He dedicated your song to her the day afterwards in Hamburg. It's a really touching dedication. Here it is. Yesterday was a, a sad and hard day for me because my mother passed away. And uh, I'm glad to say she passed away peacefully with no pain. Um, but maybe sooner than she should have done. So I was quite shocked. And I was thinking how I could pay tribute to her tonight and what song I should choose. Well, this next song I wrote at her house or her apartment. And uh, I can remember every single minute of writing this song with Bernie. So this is the song I want to dedicate to her. And it's taken me from nowhere to somewhere. So thank you, Mum. He also announced at that gig, or maybe a different one, but around about that time that he wouldn't be playing any more gigs other than what's already been booked in 2018 and that the band was going to return in 2019. Uh, I don't know whether or not these announcements were linked in any way. It's certainly in line with what he was saying a few years back. It seems like that now, that he wanted to spend more time with his children and his family. So anyway, that means that Elton's has got 27 more Vegas gigs left. Um, they're in two blocks. One block starts at the end of February next year, and the remaining dates start at the end of April. And then he's got one more gig in Georgia on June the 30th, and then that's it. I'm pleased to hear, for Elton's sake, that he's finally going to take stock, see his kids through school. Um, also, in terms of future directions it seems like he's taking stock there as well he said in a recent interview um, and Bernie said it too that they're going to move away from that see it sing it songwriting approach where he just sort of does it straight off the bat and that they're going to take their time writing not going to write in one block towards an album anymore they're going to do things more organically I suppose 
I like the sound of this for a start that they're still interested in writing full stop and secondly that it sounds like they're going to take a little bit more time and care in the planning of the music um, maybe there is still a good album or two left in Elton anyway as I said today is a tribute to Sheila Harris I think her maiden name is what we're going to do is I'm going to magically transport you all to the lounge of 55 Pinner Hill Road, back to the early 1950s, where a very young Reg is starting to listen to the music that is loved by his mother and also his grandmother, Ivy, on the gramophone. It was apparently Ivy that did a lot of the work to get Reg sat at the piano. He would sit on his grandmother's lap to reach the piano, um, presumably on some cushions if she wasn't available to do that. And then he would see what he was able to play for himself. Um, Elton, of course, was born in March 1947. And apparently when he was four years old, he picked out the tune that we heard at the top of the show. That's the Skater's Waltz. Unfortunately, that's not a contemporaneous recording of, of him playing that song at the age of four. Sheila has said that if the UK had allowed child labour, then she would have put him on the stage. And she thinks he would have done quite well as a child prodigy. Um, maybe then we'd have some recordings of Toddler Reg. Um, unfortunately, we, that was uh, someone off YouTube with a what I felt was an appropriately shaky rendition. Um, today, it's going to be pretty close to a proper radio show. I'm going to play most of these tunes in full, and I'm going to try not to do too much talking about them. A lot of the information about Reg and Sheila's favourite tunes comes courtesy of the newish Captain Fantastic book by Tom Doyle. Lots of other sources as well. Elton's always talking about his influences. I guess then this is the Roots of Elton show. Let's sit back and enjoy the music of the 1950s. As ever, we're going to do this roughly chronologically. We'll start off with a couple of Sheila's absolute favourites. Here first is Joe Stafford singing Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend from 1950. A kiss on the hand may be quite continental, but diamonds are a girl's best friend. A kiss may be grand, but it won't pay the rental on your humble flat. Or help you at the automat Men grow cold as girls grow old And we all lose our charms in the end In the end But square cut or pear shape Those rocks don't lose their shape Diamonds are a girl's best friend The French are glad to But I prefer a man who lives and gives expensive jewels. Romance is divine and I'm not one to knock it, but diamonds are a girl's best friend. Romance is divine. Yeah, but where can you hock it when the flame is gone? Just try and pawn an old Don Juan. Some men buy and some just sign. That to Or sires, they're all awful liars. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. 
After that, another 78 that Sheila Span and Span. That was Patty Page singing Butterflies. That's from 1953. Let's change the pace a little bit then. On to Elton's first musical love, Winifred Atwell. Elton apparently named one of his touring pianos after Winifred. She was a classically trained pianist from Trinidad who switched on stage from classical to ragtime styles. In fact, she went from a grand piano to a honky old upright piano to do that. Young Reg, of course, in his early teens, 
in the music rooms at school. He also loved slipping in and out of different styles to confuse and to confound and confuddle. And here's Winifred Atwell doing the black and white rag from 
You heard the wonderfully bizarre How High the Moon by Les Paul and Mary Ford from 1951. Les Paul single-handedly invented multi-track recording. He was the first person to move away from using the studio as a means to record the natural sound of an artist and instead try to make something else. And you can hear that he's got a magic shimmer in his recordings. I can hear that again when Joe Meek popped up in the 60s who knows what uh, Sheila and her husband of the time Stanley would have thought about this but it certainly was played in the household back in 1953 the little family had moved up in the world um, to a bigger house of their own on 111 Potter Street and like any aspirational couple Sheila and Stanley had dinner parties. Uh, The Captain Fantastic biography tells us the story of Reg being put to bed for an afternoon nap on days when his parents had dinner guests coming round so that he would be able to stay up later to play the piano for them. He apparently hated doing this. Some of the tunes he played we've already heard, or he's reported to have played we don't really know um we already heard them diamonds are a girl's best friend and butterflies he's reported to have played he also found a way to transpose to the piano the rather more modern guitar sounds from the next song this is from 1953 it's the new guitar boogie shuffle by the super sonics
once knew his children This old house once knew his wife This old house was home and comfort As they fought the storms of life This old house once rang with laughter This old house heard many shouts Now he trembles in the darkness When the lightning walks about Ain't you gonna need this house no longer Ain't you gonna need this house no more Ain't got time to fix the shingles Ain't got time to fix the floor Ain't got time to all the hinges Nor to mend the window pane Ain't gonna need this house no longer He's getting ready to meet the saints getting shaky this old house is a getting old this old house lets in the rain this old house lets in the cold oh his knees are a getting chilly but he feels no fear of pain cause he sees an angel peeking through a broken window pane ain't you gonna need this house no longer ain't you gonna need this house no more ain't got time to fix the shingles ain't got time to fix the floor ain't got This old house is afraid of thunder This old house is afraid of storms This old house just groans and trembles When the night wind flings its arms This old house is a-getting feeble This old house is a-needin' paint Just like him, it's tuckered out But he's a-getting ready to meet the saints Ain't you gonna need this house no longer Ain't you gonna need this house no more Ain't got time to fix the shingles Ain't got time to fix the floor Ain't got time to oil the hinges Nor to mend the window paint Ain't gonna need this house no longer He's a-getting ready to meet the saints Ready to meet the saints so you heard the Supersonics there and afterwards Rosemary Clooney with her number one hit in the UK from 1954, This Old House. Most younger Brits would know that from the Shaking Stevens version in the 1980s, um, but that was a favourite of Sheila's. She, but Sheila was always buying records. Elton has said that his first memory was going through his parents' huge record collection and he could apparently recognise them all before he could even read. He gives credit to Sheila for his interest in music. He said the following, he said, My mother introduced me to rock and roll. One day she came home with ABC Boogie by Bill Haley and Heartbreak Hotel by Elvis Presley. She has always been well up on what's going on. ABC Boogie was actually the B-side of Rock Around the Clock, but it seems to have had a bigger impact on Reg than the A-side, so let's have a listen to that from 1954. Down around the corner, in a little school, children learn their lesson and the golden rule. Cause they got a teacher up from Basin Street And she does her teaching with a boogie beat Teaching the ABC Who wears with a many Every single morning it's the same old thing All the kids are waiting for the bell to ring When they hear it ringing they all jump in line They hop into the classroom feeling mighty fine To learn the ABC 
stick No education is ever complete Without a boogie woogie woogie beat What I read And when the day is over And it's time to go The kiddies grab their books And stand right at the door Teacher is so happy Cause she's done her bit To educate the kids And make them really fit To learn the ABC record shop hall from Sheila Elton said my mum always used to buy a record every Friday she came home and she had the 78 of Elvis Presley and she said I heard this in the record shop and I've never heard anything like it she played it to me and I'd never heard anything like it either it was weird because about 10 days before I'd had my hair cut in the local barbers where I went as a little boy and I'd noticed a life magazine I was reading this article on a man who looked like an alien, but was so handsome, I'd never seen anything like him. And I put two and two together and said, that was the man I saw in the magazine. So that was the record that really changed everything. So here's Heartbreak Hotel, 1956, Elvis Presley. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lonely Street, that Heartbreak Hotel. So lonely, baby. Well, I'm so lonely. I'll be so lonely. I could die. Although it's always crowded, you still can find some room for broken-hearted lovers to cry there in the gloom. I'll be so, I'll be so lonely, baby. I'll be so lonely. I'll be so lonely. They could die. Keep flowing, the desk clerk's dressed in black. Well, they've been so long on the street, they'll never, they'll never look back and think it's so, think it's so lonely, baby. Well, they're so lonely, well, they're so lonely, and they could die. Well, if your baby leaves you, you got a tale to tell. Well, just take a walk down on the street to Heartbreak Hotel, we'll 
you will be good because you're so lonely, baby. Well, you will be lonely. You'll be so lonely, you could die. While we're at it, here's a couple of other musicians that Elton's mentioned as loving at that age. Well, listen to these ones back to back. It's 16 Tons by Tennessee Ernie Ford and Singing the Blues by Guy Mitchell. I don't have anything to say about these particularly, except that they're fantastic and I didn't want to skip them. Some people say a man is made out of mud A poor man's made out of muscle and blood Muscle and blood and skin and bones A mind that's weak and a back that's strong You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store I was born one morning when the sun didn't shine I picked up my shovel and I walked to the mine I loaded 16 tons, a number nine coal And the straw boss said, well, to bless my soul You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store I was born one morning, it was drizzling rain Fighting and trouble are my middle name I was raised in the cane break by an old mama line Can't know a high-toned woman make me walk the line You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store If you see me coming, better step aside A lot of men didn't, a lot of men died One fist of iron the other of steel If the right one don't get you Then the left one will You load 16 tons What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me Cause I can't go I owe my soul To the company store. 
says in the biographies Elton found him to be an intimidating presence and he tended to keep his distance when his dad was back from his tours of duty with the RAF. Stanley was himself a musician. He played the trumpet in an American-style big band called Bob Miller and the Millerman. He was hugely into his jazz music and Elton certainly listened to a lot of his records, including stuff by George Shearing, who he... Um, sites as an influence. Stanley hadn't entirely given up on his son, musically. In fact, on Reggie's ninth birthday, he bought him a copy of Frank Sinatra's Songs for Swinging Lovers, which came out that year in 1956. Apparently it wasn't a very well-received gift, and uh, Reg would have preferred a bike. Here's a little bit of Frank doing You Make Me Feel So Young. You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung And every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I wanna go play hide and seek I wanna go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon you and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots 
that's enough of that. There's a time and a place for Frank Sinatra, and this is not it. We're starting to get into sounds now that were a little bit too raucous for Sheila. These now were the records that Elton ended up playing alone in his bedroom, Reg rather, studying the labels, learning the words, dancing around probably, aping the vocal style, no doubt. Sheila has said of the young Reg that he was a terribly sad person. I used to sit there crying my eyes out when he was a child. So anyway, like any other kid in the 1950s, Elton loved a bit of skiffle. Here's a splendid example of that. It's Lonnie Donegan, of course, Rock Island Line. Now this is the story about the Rock Island Line. Now the Rock Island Line is a railroad line and it runs down into New Orleans. And just outside of New Orleans is a a big toll gate. And all the trains that go through the toll gate, why, you gotta pay the man some money. Unless, of course, they got certain things on board, then they okay, and they don't ever have to pay the man nothing. And right now, we see a train, she's coming on down the line, and when she get up near to the toll gate, the, uh, the depot agent shout down to the driver, he want to know what he got on board. So he say, uh, what you got on board there, boy? And the driver, he... Sing right on back down the depot agent, tell him what he got on board. Yeah, the way he sing. I got sheep, I got cows, I got horses, I got pigs, I got all livestock, I got all livestock, I got all livestock. And the man say, well, he say, you're all right then, boy, you don't have to pay me nothing, just get him on through. So the train go through the toll gate, and as it go through, he got up a little bit of steam and a, a little bit of speed. And when he's safely on the other side of the toll gate, the, the driver shout back down the line to the man. Of course, you don't get what he say now, going home and going down the rock island line. So he said, but I fooled you, I fooled you, I got pig iron, I got pig iron, I got for Reg came when he got hold of his first records by Jerry Lee Lewis and Little Richard. These records came out in 57 and 58, but since Sheila probably didn't buy them, it's difficult to say when he would have heard them for the first time. Jerry Lee Lewis and Little Richard were to Reg Dwight, that typical suburb boy. They were completely otherworldly, flamboyant, piano-playing men, they treated the instrument utterly without reverence or respect. They brought the rock-and-roll attitude to the piano, kind of similar to what Winifred Atwell had done, in a way, but then much, much more so. 
This is Elton talking about Jerry Lee's Great Balls of Fire. Up until this song, the piano playing that I had heard had been more sedate. My dad collected George Shearing records. But this was the first time I heard someone beat the shit out of a piano. When I saw Little Richard at the Harrow Granada, he played it standing up, but Jerry Lee Lewis actually jumped on the piano. This was astonishing to me that people could do that. Those records had such a huge effect on me, and they were so great, I learned to play like that. Here's another quote from Elton about Jerry Lee. This one needs a more, even more of a language warning than the last one. These are Elton's words, not mine. He did everything but fuck the piano. He was jumping on it, kicking it. The piano was an object of huge weight, but he made the instrument exciting. I can't work out whether or not it was Reg or Elton who first saw Jerry Lee Lewis play. He toured over in the UK in 1962 and 63 and 64. Maybe he saw him then. He played in May 62 in Mitcham, southwest London. Um, May 63 in Wallington, which is south London. Maybe the West Ham Baths, March 1964, who knows. Elton did say this in 1973 in Rolling Stone when Paul Gambaccini asked him if he was still an admirer of Jerry Lee. He said, Well, I used to be until I saw him and then I went off him a bit. I still think his rock and roll records are amazing, but I'm more of a Little Richard stylist than a Jerry Lee Lewis, I think. Jerry Lee is a very intricate player and very skillful, whereas I think Little Richard is more of a pounder. He then goes on to trash Jerry Lee quite nastily, along with many other popular musicians of the day. It, I recommend you seek this interview out. It's classic. Well worth reading it if you get the chance. Anyway, didn't I say I wouldn't go on too much? Um, I'm going to play the B side of this one. This is called Mean Woman Blues. Because you just know that Reg would have spent just as much time admiring the B side of the single as he did the A side. I got a woman mean as she can be. Yeah, I got a woman mean as she can be. Some of the times I think she's almost the mean as me. Well, I ain't bragging, it's understood Everything I do, but I sure do it good I got a woman mean as she can be Uh-huh, sometimes I think she's almost as mean as me
saw Little Richard live as a teenager. In fact, he would have been 15 and a half years old when he went along to the Harrow Granada on a Thursday night in October 1962 to see Little Richard and Sam Cooke. Accompanying Little Richard that day, interestingly, was a 16-year-old Billy Preston on organ. Let's get a bit of a taste of it. Here's a review from a show in the same tour. This is from 12 days earlier at the Woolwich Granada. He played the piano standing with a foot on the lid and clambered on top of it to twist and gyrate madly. All of the stage was his kingdom and at some time during his act he used all of it, strolling, dancing, kneeling and grovelling. The audience wholeheartedly loved his offering and went nearly as wild as him. Sound like anyone you know? Let's go out listening to the wild majesty of Little Richard then with good golly Miss Molly. Happy New Year. Come 